Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. We take our Bibles from the book of Revelation chapter 12. God bless you, musicians. Revelation chapter 12. Verse 7. Revelation chapter 12 from verse 7. If you are there, you say amen. amen. Okay. Uh, the Bible is saying here, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. And prevailed not. Neither was there place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God and the Pope is Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice. You heavens, and you that dwell in them, what to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knows that he hath but a short time. Uh, Revelation chapter 5, from verse 1. If you are there, say Amen. The Bible is saying here, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within, and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worth to open the book, and to lose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven or in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, 
neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, that prevailed to open the book and to lose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. As we close our eyes for a word of prayer. Almighty God, we just want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for this precious morning, Lord. As we know, Heavenly Father, you have allowed us, Lord Jesus, to gather this manner. Lord, you've got a purpose for us, O oh Father. And you know, Lord Jesus, we didn't just come, but we come under expectation to hear from you speaking, Lord Jesus. We are here, Heavenly Father, dear God, to get a refreshment from above, O oh God. As we know, Lord Jesus Christ, you've never disappointed us through down the ages, O oh God. Heavenly Father, may you come, Lord Jesus, and bless us this morning, Father. We remember, men of old, Lord Jesus, when the priests come, Almighty God, and read the word and they were listening. You say in your word they were blessed, O oh, Father God, them that they were listening and the priest that was reading the word. So may you come, Lord Jesus Christ, and do so as it was. We pray as we commit everything in your hands, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen, amen. amen. As we all take our seats. I greet you once again in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Acknowledgement also to the pastor for giving me this opportunity to stand before the children of God. Uh, we're just thinking now about we're going to stay right under the blood where the devil can do us no harm. Uh, I remember one of the sisters in Gweru in Zimbabwe. What happened is this sister, uh, he stole some socks. Uh, in a shop called uh, Thomas Miko, it's a, it's a pick and pay shop. So what happened is that uh, next week he was invited to church. Last week he was stealing some socks. So what happened is that when the gospel was going on, it spoke something about restitution, like when you, uh, when you store some spanners from the garage, you have to return it back. If you store anything, even a purse in a shop, you have to return it back. So the sister was touched by as the word was going forth. Then he, while he went back, she went back home. She told his children that uh, tomorrow it was only uh, it was only Sunday after service. Then on a Monday she told his, his children that on on Monday tomorrow I'm going to uh, Thomas Miko's supermarket. I'm going to return these socks. Then his children, his children were told her that uh, they're going to arrest you. She said whatever it takes. But what I know is that. God has already spoken to my heart while I was at the service. So uh, tomorrow I will make sure that I will return these socks. So early in the morning, uh, around 8 o'clock, she was there by, by uh, that supermarket holding those socks. So she went straight to the manager's offices. Then she told her that, uh, she told him that, look, I was in the service yesterday, uh, uh, yesterday. I was touched by the word, but the truth of the matter is that last week, I've stole these socks. Can you please forgive me? Then he, the manager says, I can't be greater than the God that gives you that conviction to return these socks. Uh, go free. There is power in the blood of Jesus Christ. The moment you get under the blood, God will sort out your matters. 
I remember of a certain brother uh, in Pretoria uh, called Brother Lewis. This brother said he was just desiring to shed blood and he killed a lot of people because he was a, a, a robber. So uh, he was arrested for hijacking and ro robbery cases. One day, while he was in the prison cells, there were some brothers that were coming from Brother Martin, Brother Dan and them. So as they were testifying this message to him, he was touched by the message. So as he was giving us the testimony, he said, uh, it was in me to kill. I couldn't help it. It was like there was something that was put to me by, by my granny. So I couldn't help it because it was just in my blood. When I saw somebody, I think of just kill him, or gun him down or something like that, and take whatever he's having. Then he said, but when the word was being preached, I was touched in my heart in such a way that I say, no, this one is a, different, uh, is a different touch, this one. Then he said, and from that time, I never remained the same. And he said, there was a time when uh, my grain came during the night. He was testifying. He, he said, there was a time when uh, my grain came during the night. He, she wanted to take me out of that prison. But I refused, but I couldn't feel that. I was feeling the touch that if I respond to her, automatically I can even get out. But he said, I refused. Then as soon as he refused, is when he, he made the message. So there's power in the blood. As long as you get under the blood of Jesus Christ, we know that there's something that is due to bound to happen. This guy, as soon as they received the blood of Jesus Christ, they didn't, he didn't even spend much in prison. He was, big, he was discharged from prison. What had happened there? Because he was cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. So when the brothers uh, went there to the prison and took him out, uh, they, they employed him because they were selling perfumes right in, uh, in Jobek. There were supplies of perfume. So first thing in the morning, as the shop opened, uh, the brother was busy testifying about his, his testimony, how Lord, the Lord delivered delivered him from being a, a, a robber. So the brothers realized that, no, we are delaying this brother. He must just get into the field. So he said, brother, eh, we really appreciate what you're doing and everything. We're going to do whatever we can do to support you. Uh, here is the money. Get into the field. So they bought him a, a big speaker. They bought him all the, 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 the mic and everything just to equip him for the mission. So the way he was saying, say, saying there the, the text rang in Jobek uh, early in the morning. I used to preach very much then. Sometimes when I get out from Soweto, I would say, stand at, at the front of the text. Then I say, uh, audience, listen to me. Uh, uh, listen to me. Uh, I can speak something that can change your eternal destination now. Then from there, I will speak, I will preach, I will preach from Soweto until Jobek town. And he won some souls there. So there's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Not to save uh, simple matters, but even those that you think that they're unsavable. God is interested in saving them. Amen. We appreciate also uh, the sermon that we're going forth, uh, the rapture call, the granting of the heart's desire. Uh, we know that we are in the closing days of time and rapture can happen anytime. If you are a believer and you are not aware that rapture can happen anytime, then you are in trouble. Because uh, everything uh, is just showing us that the coming of the Lord is drawing very near. You know, men of old, when they got this message, uh, they did as if rapture was going to happen tomorrow. But now where we are, it's like it's just the next minute. Amen. Because whatever was promised is just unfolding. Amen.
We are just waiting for that one day where we're going to leave this world. Let me tell you, church, if Enoch walked with the God and was found no more, then you can, if you are walking with the God, you can be found no more. Because we know that uh, there's nothing uh, in this world that can happen, uh, that, that happened that can never happen again. Amen. So if Enoch was raptured because he was walking with God, if you do the same thing, then God is duty bound to rapture you any second, any time. You must walk with God when you go to school, walk with God when you go to the mall, walk with God when you go to the college, wherever you are, make sure that you walk with God. You must not leave God right here in church. You must walk with him from 1 January to the 1 December. Even where it seems as if it's hard, just walk with him. After Enoch, we know that uh, Elijah was raptured again. After uh, Elijah was raptured, we know Christ was raptured again. After Christ was raptured, we know the old saints were raptured. And now we're just waiting for us to be raptured. Because the Bible says, in a moment of tingling of an eye, we shall be changed. And that is the promise. That is uh, the promise of this day. Amen. Because this mortal body shall be changed into immortal body. Then the prophet says, the last rapture that will happen, it will be to, to the Jews. That is Revelation uh, chapter 11. Amen. So we know that these things is not something that is new. It's something that is going to happen because it has happened before. So rapture is our, is our promise. Amen. The granting of us desires. Just a few comments then I will get into my subject. Uh, Brother Borerwe, also you were speaking for something that is very, very, it was such a blessing as well. You know, he spoke something about how God can grant you his desire. Amen. Uh, we believe that as long as you believe this word, it's, uh, with all your heart, it says to produce of its own kind. As long as you open your heart, you believe it, then it can, work, it, it can work for you. But if you doubt it and you don't believe it, then it, there's no way it can work for you. Amen. That's the, pri- uh, the principle of the word. Because there's a promise in the book of Isaiah. It says as the rain comes uh, and rains this whole earth, it will never return void, which means that the moment to return, then there will be plant that is duty bound to come out. Amen. So every seed will produce of its own kind. Amen. The prophet spoke something about, you see, in the days of Moses, uh, Moses in his day, he was under the blood of the bulls and goats, but he was able to speak things into existence. It was materializing. Now, the prophet says, we preachers, uh, we are guilty of uh, leaving uh, God's people underprivileged because if Moses would do this uh, signs and wonders, how far more if we are under the blood of Jesus? Because this we are under the blood of, blood of bulls and goats, but we are under the blood of Jesus Christ, which means there must be something more. Amen. Now, we are getting to our subject. My subject this morning is the spirit of a champion. The spirit of a champion. Amen. How many champions do we have in the camp tonight? Amen. Okay. And the word champion, it means a warrior or a fighter. A winner of first prize or the first place in competition or the one that sought or marked in superiority, militant advocate, defend or, or defender, one that does battle for others' rights or honor. That is a warrior. And, and we know if a champion is a warrior, we know that champions in most cases, they are invincible, which means that they are undefeated, they are unconquerable, 
the indomitable, amen, because they are wired that way, amen. If we can check in this world, there's been a lot of champions uh, in different sections of life. We know that in soccer match, there used to be a time when everywhere you go, you hear of uh, Ronaldo, Bebeto Carlos, Rivaldo, because those people, they were the men of the match of their time, amen. And a lot of people were speaking about them because they had performed something, amen. They saw something that was superior to the people. They were top goal scorers, amen. Then if we can check again, even uh, when it comes to athletics, we know that Kenya had a lot of people that were good athletes, especially in marathon. Yeah. They were champions when it comes to running. And when it comes to boxing again, we got some champions in boxing. We heard of Muhammad Ali, we heard of Mike Tyson. Those people were really, really people that were uh, very good when it comes to uh, fighting, amen. They were champions of their days, amen. So, as we have read in the Bible, we heard of another champion in the book of Revelation chapter 12 there. Uh, in the book of uh, Revelation chapter 12, it is uh, clearly telling us that Michael, who was the angel of God, actually, Michael who was the mighty angel of God, he kicked the devil down, amen. We know that from the word to go that Michael was one of the leading angels in heaven. And the prophet says he was co-equal with God. But the problem with him is that he was consumed in pride. The Bible simply says iniquity was found in him. Amen. So if you want to get somewhere with God, you must not let pride consume your heart. Keep yourself humble. So this guy was consumed in pride. But he was a good person. Before, before iniquity uh, 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 was found in him, I mean, he was a good song leader in heaven. He would sing in seven tunes. You would like it, amen. You get into the spirit when Lucifer sang because he was uh, wired that way. He was skilled that way. He was a champion in heaven for singing, amen. But the only problem is that pride was found in him. And we know that in most cases, champions are principled. Uh, when you fight with a champion, let's say he hit you and he fell down. He just can't continue to hit you. He waits for you to stand up so that uh, you won't give an excuse and say, uh, maybe you, you, hit, uh, you hit me while I was down. So you make sure that you stand 50-50 so that he can make sure that it's not by chance, but he's a champion. Amen. He, he is always fond of uh, fair game. He doesn't want tricks or anything. Amen. That is also uh, to the true Christian of God. Every child of God is not a Christian by chance, but is there because he was predestined to be a son of God. Whatever it takes, he will sweat it out. Whatever it takes, is there to fight his way through. Amen. The prophet says, you see, a Christian is like a, uh, a grass that is under the concrete. It will, bulldoze its, it will bulldoze its way throughout. Amen. That is exactly the same with a really genuine Christian. He's born a champion. He's born to fight. He's born to defeat the enemy. Hallelujah. Yeah. Let me remind you, church, you are a champion. I am a champion. Don't forget that. Amen. No matter how the devil tie you in a corner, but you are a champion. You are, you are born not to lose. You are born to win. Amen. Because we are on the winning side. We are on the winning side. We are not on the loser side. My, if Michael kicked the devil out, uh, out of heaven, we were part of him. Amen. We're in the back part of Elohim. We're part and parcel in this work of kicking. Amen. So if what the devil comes and is trying to play some fun tricks in your life, you have to kick him out of your life. Amen. 
Don't you attain evil thoughts. Don't you attain evil habits. Don't you attain whatever the devil puts in your life. Just kick him out. Amen. We are born to be champions. We are born, we are born to be winners. Amen. Not to be losers. Amen. Let's go to the, Bible, uh, the, the prophet's message here. The testimony of a true witness that was preached in 611105 from paragraph 195 to 201. The prophet is saying here, Becky, my daughter, was reading to me the gladiators the other night, said, Listen to this daddy, and I cannot at this time, I'm sorry, I can't call the name, but a young Christian had been thrown out as a gladiator to fight at the Roman arena. I have stood in that arena praying the old walls are falling in. And when they would sit there, they just loved to see them. They had to kill one another, God speaking in the, in the old days. They just meet one another and kill one another. And that was it. God was against that. One of the very first signs of Christianity refused to kill a man. That's right. And you can kill him more ways than just sticking him with a knife. Speak against his character. Many ways you can do it. So if you speak bad about your brother or sister, you are killing him. You remember when Cain killed Abel, God didn't uh, say he must be avenged. He made sure that he even protected that killer. Because he was not supposed to be killed as well. He did not support this thing of killing one another. Uh, Moses said, do not kill. That was one, uh, some of the commandments. Paragraph 198. And this gladiator, they turned a lion loose on him. And with the strength and power of God, he killed that lion with his sword, a knife. The people clapped and it was a gallant. My, my. If you are with God, you can kill the lions. How many lions are in your life? You are more than able to kill them. Then turned another one loose and he killed it with his sword. And then they turned a man loose, a big, great, tall, dark African pagan. And this Christian had to fight him, which he didn't want to do. But in the fight, he knocked the African down, had his sword right up over him. Of course, the African said, say, kill me quickly so I won't suffer. Don't torture me, kill me quickly. The Christian threw over his sword, sword took off his armor, walked out before the emperor and said, Emperor, I'm a Christian. My Lord and Savior forbids us to take one another's life. I'll take the life of a wild beast, but not of my brother. I refused to kill a man. All the emperors of Rome and so forth stood up and said, You mean a gladiator slave who refused to obey the voice of Rome? And they called the man, jump up and take that sword and kill him. He jumped up and took the Christian sword. The Christian unarmed laid his arms out. And the men struck him through the heart with the sword, right through his heart with the sword. And when the gurgles between the blood gushed out and the filling up of his lungs, when this big knife went through his lungs, the little Christian fell on his knees and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And we talk about suffering for Christ. What will our testimony be with men like that? O oh, faith of our fathers, living still in spite of dungeon, flame, and sword. So, church, we can see here that this man was stronger enough than this other slave. But the only thing that didn't make this uh, uh, Christian slave to kill this one was only on one condition. It was only on the principle of the word of God. The Lord says, Amen. So, if you are a Christian soldier, there are some things that you don't do because the Lord says. 
It seems as if to the world you are a maniac, or you are mad, or you are a fool. But as long as you are following God's principles, you are on the right grounds. In most cases, when you follow Jesus Christ, it seems as if you are, you are made to the world. So you must not be normal if you want to be a Christian. You must do as if you are made because what is being called normal to the world is, is called foolishness by God. So if you, if you want to be normal in this world, then uh, you, are not, you cannot become a Christian. But if you are ready to be called a foolish for the sake of the word of God, then at least you can follow the principles of the word of God. Amen. Seal of Antichrist that was preached in 77. So that was preached in 55, 0311, paragraph 77. Seal of God. Seal of Antichrist, okay. Here we are. Come back to Christ to a heart of love tonight. Come back to a place till all our enemies you love with them and could shake their hand. Not because you owe it to Jude, but because something in your heart says so. Something will make you love the bitterest enemy you have got. If that is in your heart tonight, regardless of what emotion you've had, you are still outside of Christ, outside of God, lost, alienated from God without mercy. That's right. Won't you come and receive him on the basis of his divine Love. Actually, seal of Antichrist, this is not the one I was looking for. Okay, it's fine. We'll just see, skip that one. I was looking for the one that was preached in 55, 0, Okay, it's fine. Let's skip this one. Contest. In, in, in seal of Antichrist, the prophet was saying, you see, the devil was made co-equal with God. He was the right handyman of God. And he, his powers and the power of God were just the same. So what happened there is that he was not given the power to create. That was the only thing that he was uh, not given. And he says the devil is just there to, to pervert what God, has been, what, what God has created. This is exactly what the devil can do. So the devil is good in perverting everything that God has created. Then in the uh, spoken word contest, the prophet says, that was preached in 62, 12, 31, from paragraph 9 to 13. Is there okay? There we are. Okay, the prophet is saying spiritual weakness in high places. Okay, let me start where it says the contest is strength. Yeah, there we are. A contest is a test of strength. And we, where we have test strength, we used to have. The Indian used to put a fire and they would put so many men on this end of the rope. And so men on this end and the tug of war, the contest of strength would pull the losing part across the fire. And now we know there's many things and we could best this upon for a few minutes of contest. But I want to speak for these minutes quickly upon the greatest contest there is. That's between the church and Satan. That great strength of Satan. We want to speak of the great strength of God in this church. Uh, Let's go, brah. Now, this great contest has been going on for many years. It started in heaven, and started, uh, Satan was kicked out in, into the earth, and then he became an enemy to God's people. And since then, he's used all of his strength, and he started trying to pull God's people across the fires, or into his fires. And we know that who has the most power, God does. 
And God, when he gave his people the best thing that he could to combat Satan with was his word. Now, because the word is God, and who is, who is stronger than God? So the word is God, and the word becomes our strength. God in the church becomes his strength to pull Satan to his own fires than he has made. And the tag goes on. Now, Jesus said in, in Mark 16, In my name, they shall cast out devils. Amen. Amen. We are on the other end of the rope, my brother. The devil is on the other end of the rope. We are bees pulling there. As long as we are bees pulling there, my brother, my sister, what we use to pull, we know that uh, the first thing that a human being was given from the Garden of Eden was God's word. Because it's God's word that can defeat Satan anywhere, any place, under any condition. So we know that the, when a Christian is fortified by the word of God, he's duty bound to win. He's duty bound to draw the devil right in the fires. Amen. Satan is an, opportun- an opportunist, amen. He just finds a little place, a little chance to just rob you of your God-given rights, amen. That's the devil's tactic. But you, as a child of God, you were born to draw the devil right into the fires, amen. Because you have got the power to do it. God gave you that power. So it's up to you to activate that power, Amen. And mind you, church, we are, uh, we are fighting against the principalities of darkness. We are not saying the devil is not the devil. We are not saying the devil is not real. The devil is very real. Demons are real, but we have got a force that is more powerful than demons. Power in the name of Jesus. So our God, He's the great God. We find that the Bible says the prophet says. He, he was Elohim, the great eternal God, self-existing one, self-sufficient one. Then he dropped down to be the Logos. The prophet entitled him the uh, angel of the covenant, the son of God. And from there, he even said that that was malicious because in that form, that was the theophan of God. Then from there, he became into flesh. That was Jesus Christ. The moment he became into, in, into flesh, he did not leave it like that, but he sent his spirit back to the church. Amen. So when the spirit of God is right into the church, then we are duty bound to win. Amen. Brother Branham says, he used to be a really good fighter when it comes to boxing. And he said, the secret about fighting is you must uh, first study the enemy, the angle that is coming from, and the hand that he's using. Is he a left winger? Is he a right winger? And all those things. You study all the tactics of the enemy. That's the same thing with a child of God. You have to study your enemy, how he operates. You know, when you are living or surviving this world, any second, any time, every inch you have to fight, the devil will bring heavy thoughts, the devil will torment you, will do everything he can do to just derail you out of the heavenly way. But what is very important is to know the tactic of the enemy. If he comes and, and tries to make you doubt the word, that is the tactic of the, of the devil. If he comes and tries to make you the reason of the word, that is the tactic of the enemy. If he comes and tells you that the death of miracle is over, that is the tactic of the enemy. If he comes and tells you that these things, you have to be careful. Even these ministers, they also see me behind the bars. That is the talk of the enemy. So you must be careful of his tactic. He comes with the frustrations, disappointments, and everything just to derail you from the heavenly way. So you must stand as a soldier. Don't be like a civilian. You know, there's a difference between a civilian 
and a soldier. A civilian will just walk without any fear because uh, he's, a, he's a civilian. But a soldier, he knows that any second, any time, that an enemy can come. So that they, they stay being alert with their AK-47 or whatever missile they got because they know that the enemy can penetrate any second. They, were, they are there to serve a purpose, and that purpose is to fight for the country. Amen. That's why Ukraine didn't just give up. They tried their best to protect their people. They tried also to fight back, though they realized that yes, this thing is too... Actually, these people are well armed more than us. But they tried their best. That's the same thing with a soldier. If you are a Christian soldier, my brother, my sister, you fight for your God-given rights. Amen. Every Christian has to fight for his God-given rights. If the devil comes to steal your children, you must kneel down and fight for your God-given rights. Hear you him that was preached in 560930 from paragraph 3943. Okay, the prophet is saying here. One day when an invading army came in, was trembling down all Switzerland, just leaving chaos behind, burning their homes, killing their children, and ravishing their wives, and killing their young off, and driving away their stock and their livelihood, burning up their farms where they could not eat, and so forth. And the great invaders was moving on. Nothing could stop them. They rolled rocks from the mountains, and nothing could stop them. And the little Swiss army had backed up into a little corner in the plains. And they were at the end of the road. Nothing could be done. And the great army coming on with the spears set out in front of them, marching in time. And the Swiss army standing unarmed, but with such as they could find, pitchforks, pieces of metal, and armor that they could pick up. Let's go, my brother. They, they, they were hopeless and helpless. Everything they had tried had failed. There was nothing left but chaos and ruin. Their wives were going. Their children were going. Their nation were going. Everything they had was going. Nothing could stop them. And here the army had begged the final little handful of Swiss up into a place. And here this great army like a stone wall, marching with these big spears, well trained. And they had the little Swiss army surrounded. Nothing they could do. Then Arnold von Wingo Wright stepped out and said, Men of Switzerland, this day I'll give my life for Switzerland. He said, everything that we have tried has failed. But over... Yonder valley, over, yonder, over in yonder valley is a little home where my wife and children are waiting for me to return. But said, I will never see them again in this world for this day I shall die for Switzerland. Let's go, my brother. They said, what will you do, Arnold von Wingo Ride? He said, you just follow me and fight as best as you can with what you have. And he threw down his missile, he had in his hand, raised up his arms to heaven. And he screamed, make way to liberty. And he ran towards the thickest of the spears, screaming to the top of his voice, make way for liberty. And as he got to the very thickest and dense of the spears, he reached and got a great army lot of them and threw them into his breast. As all those spears were reaching to catch him, as he made his change and his charge and into his bosom he planted all these spears and such a gallant heroic blood beating every Swiss soldier. When they seen that, they come behind him and he routed the arm of the aliens. They broke rank, 
They didn't know what to do. When they seen this gallant act of this Arnold von Wingo right, they ran in with what they had and beat the armies out as the nation and saved their homeland. Let's go, bro. And as far as I know, they've never had a war from that day to this. No wonder their faces flash and their eyes color and the tears stream down their cheeks when you speak of Arnold von Wingo right to those mountain people. What he did as, what he did as a, a hero. But my friends, that was the little thing. That was a little thing. One day, when Adam's race was baked into a corner, where the law and the judgments and the prophets and everything that had been sent had failed, nothing could be done. Human race was doomed. The great armies of hell was marching on, well trained in their ranks, every man to his place. They would begged up Adam's children into the corner where they could go to fail. No further. They sent the law. They couldn't keep it. They sent judgment. They wouldn't listen to it. They planned right on. They sent the prophets. They stoned those. And nothing could be done. They were begged him in a corner. But in glory one day, the most precious thing of heaven stepped out before the angels of God and said, this day will I give my life for the sons of Adam. This day will I do something that will break the ranks of the enemy. The angels all said, what will you do? What will you do? He came to the earth as a virgin. And at Calvary, when he went to Calvary, stood on this earth and preached the gospel. He said, I'm going to give you some material. I want to go up to the city of Jerusalem. I want you to wait there. For I'm going to dress you. I'm going to make you soldiers to fight against the wives of the enemy. But first, before you go into the battlefront, go up into Jerusalem and wait there. What I give you, you follow me and fight as best as you can. Let's go. All Jesus' works was complete. Everything was complete. Totally delivered. He totally delivered the leper from leprosy. He totally delivered the woman and the blood issue from an issue. He totally delivered the world from sin. When he died at the day of the atonement, he totally delivered every sin. He delivered the church. So there's no need for us to live underprivileged people. There's no need for us to live a defeated state because he defeated the devil and took all the principalities and powers and subdued them under his feet. And there's no legal right to rule over you. We are Christians filled with the Holy Ghost. We don't have to, the devil don't have to dictate to us. Christ delivered us total deliverance. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from sin. Deliver us from habits. Deliver us from taking talking, deliver us from black God, deliver us from all kinds of smart things. He told us to deliver us and put us into his holy hands a complete, total deliverance. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. How many are happy for what Jesus Christ did 2,000 years ago? Amen. A sign of heroism. Hallelujah. A Christian don't have to cry. Amen. Because the work was done on Calvary. He, you are there to stand as a champion. Amen. For what Jesus Christ did at Calvary. He is there as the chief captain. He's just calling on the top of the ladder and saying, my child fight him. Amen. My child hit him. Amen. Amen. Because he is already a winner. Hallelujah. We are identified with the winner church. We are identified with the conqueror church. My Jesus is unconquerable. Hallelujah. You know, in wrestling, in wrestling, we used to watch wrestling when we were still young. And that, that time it was a time of WWF. So what was happening there, there was this man, this man was very big. 
He will cover almost this whole stage. His name was called Yokozuna. If you, those, those that live that time, I think you know Yokozuna. So the time when Yokozuna was fighting with Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan was just strong, but he was not as big as Yokozuna. But what was surprising me is that right in the fight or right in the ring there, you find that this is just a strong guy, this, this is Hulk Hogan, who would lift Yokozuna up and would drop him down, hit him, give him a hard time. Then I realize now that, you see, the prophet one day, while I'm on Yokozuna and Hulk Hogan, he said he was uh, passing the stadium and he saw a board there that was written that it's not the size of the dog in the fight but it's the size of the fight in the dog. So, brother, sister, people, when they look at you, they despise you. They seem as if you got nothing. You are hopeless. You don't have any future. But let me tell you this one. You have got some votes that is more than all the substation of the world of electricity. Why? Because the word you speak is very powerful, my brother. You can change the condition of the entire world. You can even tell the devil to move and he can move. As long as you are filled with the Holy Ghost power, my brother. Because it's not the size of the dog in the fight, but it's the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. So what is in you is greater than the one that is in the world. You are born to fight. You are born to win. Amen. Uh, as we read here, Jesus Christ, the same as a day to day and forever. That was preached in 5501.16. Jesus Christ, the same as a day to day and forever. 51.016 from paragraph 53. Okay, let's go down a little bit, my brother. Well, we are sure the Lord. Be with us tonight to give us his blessing. He tell it off them. Okay. They get like cook. Okay, yeah, yeah, we can go. I want to start somewhere where, here, somewhere in the general area. Mm, okay, we'll start here. I've okay, electricity. The electricity that's in the wire that makes the light. It hits the wire and the wire gets hot and makes the light. But it is in the great wire. It takes the current off, it's dead. That's the way it is with us. Did you ever know electricity? I've worked in it for years, but there's no one in the world that knows what electricity is. Isn't that strange? No one knows what it is. They can harness it, they can make it light, they can cook with it, they can heat with it, they can light with it, but no one knows what it is. It's two pieces of material rolling together makes the continuity and sends out the electricity. That's the way it is when those two pieces get rolling together. That's what brings it on the generator. And so that's the way when a Christian goes to work, working with God, rolling together, that brings an unseen force that does mysteries that more of us knows nothing about. Only we know it's God. Isn't that right? Yes. Take that away from us and we are dead. Aren't we? So you can see, brother, sister, that the escom that is in us is too much. Amen. Amen. What is needed is just to realize 
The devil put us in a corner because of lack of realization. But if you come to perfect realization, the devil must not put you in a corner. Testimony that was printed in 230850 from paragraph 3. That brings us safe. Okay, it's fine. Well, we are sure the will start somewhere there. Okay, I want to start somewhere here. That's the way it is with us. Is that the same? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let me, maybe, maybe let me think so. Okay, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Amen, church. Yeah. I, was, I, I was on the size of the dog in the fight. It's not the size of the dog in the fight, but it's the size of the fight in the dog. So you saw here that the electricity that is in us is more than anything that we can talk about. If we can check the story of Goliath and David, David had some testimony that he was holding on. If we can check, David, he killed the bee and the lion. And those testimonies strengthened him to go and confront Goliath. My brother, my sister, if you've got a testimony, embrace it, harness on it, that is the same testimony that will make you to face that Goliath. Amen. Don't underestimate those testimonies that you've got of what God has done in your life. Has God healed your, your son? Just harness that one. Just embrace that one. Had God provided you something? Just hold on to that one. Those testimonies, they will help you when you are tied on a corner one day. Amen. There's a song that says, we have got the power in the name of the Lord. Though certain rages, we cannot be defeated. Why? Because we have got the five-star general. The five-star general is faith in Jesus Christ. That is five-star general is make us to sling the enemy. Amen. Anytime, any, any moment, at any given uh, uh, battle. Amen. God commissioning Moses. 08055330. The prophet is saying here, yeah, I seen in the days of Judges a, let, a little old fellow named Shamgar is found over in the book of Judges. And the Philistines would come in and take off everything that they had. Every time they would raise a crop, then the Philistines would come in and get what they had and take it off. Oh, what a time, robbing them, just like it is today. About every time you get your church built up, first thing you know, somebody comes along and say, on the day of, oh, the day of miracle is passed. About time that body begins, you begin to feel the moving of the spirit, and you are getting a little better. Somebody say, that's just psychology, you are not any better. That's the old devil that's coming into, into you. When you got your faith placed in God, leave it there. That's right. Yes, you need that hidden strength like Samson had. I've seen the intellectual picture of Samson. Somebody draw this, shoulders, honest. He had shoulders, honest, I don't believe the men could stood on the platform. I never see such shoulders. That would be no ministry. Mystery. How he could pick up a lion and tear him apart, or pick up the gates and walk up on hill with it, or something like that. It would not be no mystery. A man that size. But he was a little bit curly-headed shrimp about mama's little boy. Little curls hanging down. But where that thing was, they could not understand where. How he could take the job on a mule and upon them homes about an inch and a half thick, and that old job, job on 
we have broke the first leg and old powder dry jawbone. Powder dry jawbone, but he just knocked those few signs right and left with it. What was it? It was a hidden power. Don't know where it was at. See? Okay, let's wait there a, a bit. My brother, my sister, when the devil is looking at you, he doesn't know what we have, as I'm always driving this point to you. We check here of Shamga. Shamga, Shamga was not a well-armed man. He was just a normal man. But the prophet says he was not much of a warrior. You see, if he was a warrior, then there was not going to be a testimony. God will bless you in a situation, will take you into a situation where yourself you are not able to do anything. Then out of that situation, he brought you out. Then there you come up with a testimony. So Shamga was tired. I mean, you are busy, you are farming, you are farming, you are doing your business, buying and selling. Things are moving very well. All of a sudden, the, do- the devil will come and pull down everything, or he burn a shop, or he send somebody to disturb whatever you are doing. Then at the end of the day, you find things are not working all right. And these things will happen. Or sometimes you are trying to do something that is, uh, uh, you, are, you are planning to, to, to build a house, let me say. Then all of a sudden, there will be sickness in the home. And that sickness will take the whole man out of your pocket. The devil will come and just attack you that way. But here, we see Shamga came to a point where he was tired. Kind of fed up and say, I'm tired of this thing, of this enemy. I mean, I'm farming here for my children to get something to eat. Here's the enemy is coming, take everything. No, no, no. We can't continue this way. Brother, sister, you got a revelation that God gave you. Then you think that, yeah, now I'm going to wake up tonight and pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to read the word. All of a sudden, something happens. Then you just feel weak. You must come to a situation where you are fed up and say, no, 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 no. Satan, no, it's enough. I remember the pastor said that you must keep the devil a boundary and say, Satan, this is where you end. Here is a no-go area. Amen. Isn't every believer must have a no-go area for the devil? And say, Satan, here you must not approach. You must not go beyond here. Amen. You must simply declare. So when Shamga did that, actually, the, the prophet says he took an ox god and he hated a lot of Philistines. Amen. The same with Samson again. We know Samson, when the people thought maybe he was a big man, but he was not much of a big man. But what he was doing was so big. Amen. That's why he will leave the gates of the Philistines. He will burn the, the folks and, uh, and go and burn the, their fields. He will do a lot of things that were happening, uh, that he was doing there. That was amazing. That was miraculous. Amen. So the prophet says, as church of the living God, we've got the spirit of Samson, because Samson represents the church. Amen. So as the church of the living God, as long God is by our side, we've got all the powers. Amen. That we have to exercise. Hallelujah. The Bible says, he that believes the works that I do shall he also do even more. Amen. And we have to believe that there must be more power into us. Remember when Elijah was, lifting, was, was leaving the sin, there was a double portion that was left to Elijah. So the church of the living God, they've got a double portion, amen, of the spirit of God. And they have to exercise that double portion, amen. amen. The problem with Samson is that he told the secret to the enemy. You must not just expose yourself everywhere. That's why the seven seal was, was in silence. Amen. The more you expose everything, every information to everyone, that is the moment the devil will do end dumb, will do a lot of damage. Amen. Things that are a mystery must be remain a mystery. It must just be revealed to you. Amen. If you speak too much, you'll find that at the end of the day, the enemy will be... Uh, will be invading your plan. Hallelujah. Right. 
So Samson made a mistake by speaking, the secret, speaking out the secret of his power to Delilah. That was the most serious mistake that he did. Then the moment the, the Philistine came and cut their hair, then Samson was powerless. Amen. The prophet says, the church that started at Pentecost, it was a church that was being moved by the power of God. Signs and wonders were following them. And a lot of things were happening because of the name of Jesus Christ. Holiness, it was not a phrase, but it was a way of life. Amen. Whatever they were doing, it was in the name of Jesus. Now, the problem is that as the time goes on, they started to organize some stuff, organize some choir, organize some, some bishops to preach. The, the standard there was no longer the Holy Ghost has to preach. It was the educated has to preach. Then at the end of the day, they drive out the Spirit of God out of the church. Amen. So when the Spirit of God was, was driven out, then there was, there was chaos. They started to come with the false baptism. They took this thing of uh, communion, that, that, uh, uh, the thing of communion, and, uh, and they confused it with the really Holy Ghost. They took a wafer and it, they said, that's the Holy Ghost. All kind of perversion was happening. This is exactly where the church of the living God was cut. The hair was cut right there. Amen. All the whole locks was cut. But I want to, 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 to thank the Lord that a God is a God of restoration. Whatever the enemies has eaten, the locusts, the kangaroo, the popawam has eaten, our God is more than to restore. He is God of restoration, my brother. Amen. Whatever the enemy came and steal from you, there is a promise of restoration, my brother. And when God is restoring, he's going to restore it double fold, fourfold. Amen. We saw it in, in, in the book of Job. When Job's staff was taken away, there was a time of restoration. Amen. Everything that he lost was restored back. Amen. You are crying with the sickness, my brother, my sister. It can be restored back. Be healed right now in the name of Jesus Christ. It might be financial uh, challenges, my brother. Receive your finance in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Any challenge, whatever the enemy is putting in your life, there is Calvary. 2,000 years ago, he was crucified for that. Amen. Every promise in the book is ours. Only believe all things are possible, my brother. Any minute is a miracle second. So we can see that there was a, a man that was called Luther. A man called Luther came to a situation where he was fed up by the Roman Catholic doctrine because all this perversion was done by the Roman Catholic. And as we know that the Catholic Church is just religious, but this is the church that is being used to, call, to, 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 to disturb the children of God, amen, or the doctrine of the Almighty God. So the prophet says, Luther, when he came, he wrote 95 theses why he was against the Roman Catholic Church. From there, we can see uh, the revival from uh, Luther. It went to Wesley. Wesley preached about sanctification. Luther, it was about the justification of faith. Then from there, the revival went up to, to, to the Pentecost. That was the time of the Azusa, uh, uh, the Azusa time, time of Simos and them. It was a time when they were, they were, they were, the, the gifts were working. Amen. People were speaking tongues. When they were playing the keyboard, the, the, the keyboard would just play alone, amen. Or the sister would go there, not knowing how to play the keyboard. While he are there, the spirit would take over, then he would play the keyboard, amen. A lot of stuff were happening there, but it didn't end there because he's God of restoration. 
He said, Behold, I'll send you Elijah before the prophet, before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Amen. And we know that history repeats itself. Elijah of the Bible in the book of Kings, he was a man that restored the altars of God that were destroyed by, by Baal worship. So the way he was doing it, he was doing it to, re, uh, to restore back the true worship of God. We realize now, the prophet of the age, he came with a message of restoration, restoring back what the creeds, dogmas, and everything has done with all the denominational stuff. Amen. Because in the book of uh, Galatians chapter 1, there's a verse that says, if any man preach any other gospel than, that, than this that we have preached, let him be accursed. Then came the prophet man. The prophet man says, I preach what Paul preached. Paul, Paul was an apostle. He was placing everything in order. Amen. That's why today, we are not longer reading a closed book. Because this is the time of restoration. We are reading an open book. The seven seals have been opened. The seven church ages have been opened. We know the Godhead. We know all the serpent seed. These things is a mystery to others. Amen. What is happening? The church of the living God had received a restoration. Amen. Amen. There was a time when there was a showdown in the time of Elijah. And Elijah was standing there strong enough with the word of God against those people that were worshipping Baal. Then he says, if, if Baal be God, then worship him. But if God being God, then worship him. So those people, they came because they had confidence that God of Baal will do something. Brother, don't underestimate the power of the devil to deceive. These people, there was a time when they were praying to Baal and it seemed as if things were happening. They were not such fools that they would just go there and say, we believe that Baal can do something. But why was it happening? Let me tell you. If somebody gives you a stone and says, this, this stone works, if you believe it, it can work for you. What, what is very important there is, is your faith. But the devil cannot heal. The devil can do not do anything but your faith. You see? So the devil takes advantage of your faith. Amen. So his target is to divert your faith in the word. He makes you believe faith in wrong things in such a way that you can build your heart onto those wrong things or wrong doctrines or wrong stuff instead of building your faith on the true revealed word. Amen. They tried their best. They called God of Bali and everything, but it never worked that day. They cut their self blood, gushed over, but Elijah was just smoking them. Maybe your, your, your Bali is, is, is pursuing or is sleeping or is some. You know, when you stand with God, you are not scared of everything, anything. You know where you stand. He was relaxed there, laughing at them, laughing what they were doing there because he knew he was standing with God. But the moment when he says, okay, you've done your best now, this is my time. Pour some water, make sure that all this wood will be full of water and everything. They pour the whole gallons of water. Then after that, he just make a simple prayer there and say, let the fire fall. Brother, sister, the fire fall and consume everything. Then it didn't end there. He said, you, you were idol worshippers. You are defiling this whole land in idol worshipping. We have to kill the influence. So he took all those 400 uh, prophets of Baal and killed them. 
brother, my sister, you must kill the influence of the enemy. You must not play when it comes to kill the influence of the enemy. Whatever denom- uh, demonic force that comes must kill the influence of the enemy. Amen. Amen. Father, let the fire fall. The disciples, while they were there at the upper room, the prophet says they were, uh, they were scared. They didn't know how they were going to approach this bishop, this priest, and those um, prominent men in their days. But the moment when the Holy Ghost came down, brother, they started to speak in tongues. They were strengthened by the power of God. Then they were ready now to go in the streets and preach the word of God. Amen. And these people were unlearned. They were ignorant men. But... When the power of God came into their hearts, they were able to tell those people, to preach to those people the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ is not dead. He's alive forevermore. He promised them to tarry in Jerusalem. That was the mechanics. Then when the Holy Ghost came down, that was the dynamics. Amen. So we know that for things to work, there must be the mechanics and the dynamics together. That's why these people were strengthened. They got the courage to go and face those people. Most, in most cases, when the children of God are strengthened by, by God, they're not scared of the mayor. They're not scared of the president. They're not scared of anyone. We find it even in Moses. When he was coming from the wilderness, five minutes in the presence of God, he went right to Egypt to where the president was and say, Pharaoh, let my people go. Even the way he was speaking was speaking like those sheep that he was heading. You know, when a person is, is in an environment, he ends up getting the, the, the spirit of an environment. The people that you spend time with can influence you somehow. It might be in talking or anything, they can influence you. So get the right influence always. I'm back to Pentecost now. So these people, as they were having the power of the Holy Ghost, they, and they were drunk. Peter reminded them that we are not drunk of new wine. But this is exactly what the prophet Joel spoken about. That I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. My sons and my daughters, they shall prophesy. So let me tell you, my brother, my sister, this promise, it didn't end with the disciples. Because they said this promise even is to them that are far off. We are the Gentiles that are involved in the promise of the Holy Ghost. So as long we are involved in this, as long we are involved in this promise, we must exercise the same promise. Amen. 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 Uh, now we're going to read in the book of Possessing All Things from paragraph 49. I'll try to cut some of the things anyway. Possessing all things that was preached in 620506. The prophet is saying here, or oh, let's just go a little bit to 49, my brother, we come down. 49. 49. 49, 49. Let's go a little bit up to fortnight. Fortnight. Oh, okay, it's fine. Okay, let's start from where we started. You know, it's fine. Let's start from 50. It's fine. In for, it for, 50, yeah. In 49, he was speaking uh, about how 
uh, Lot was invaded. So, okay, let me just start from 50 here. Well, you remember, Lot was invaded by, by the kings, and Abraham went for him, for him. So now we are reading here. Let's, let's start here. But Abraham, when he found out that Lot had been taken, that was part of Abraham's possession. And Abraham might have said this, God, you told me that if I would obey you and walk in here, in this land, you would give this to me. It belongs to me. And Lot is part of this, and I'm going after him. So he garrisoned or gathered together his servants and put arm on them. And he took his servants and took out until he pursued and found this king with all these other little kingdoms. Look what a great arm they were. They were then, but under the directing of God, the chief general, he separated himself and fell in upon them and slaughtered the kings and brought back Lord and all the little kingdoms, brought them back to them to their homeland again. What a picture of Christ in Abraham are they, coming after the enemy had captured everything and Christ came and brought us back again. Now we find in this great story that Abraham on the road back, coming back after the victory was over, he made the possessor of heavens and earth, Meluchi's deck, which is the king of Jerusalem, king of Salem, which was Jerusalem, which is king of peace, which is king of righteousness. He had no father, he had no mother, he never did begin, he never will end, so that was nothing else but the Almighty. And he met him on the road home from the slot of the king. He met the possessor, the one who owned all things, met him on the road back. What a glorious thing. Now, Abraham, I like this. Abraham was heir to all by the promise. So he could lay claim to everything that was in the land. And the land itself, Abraham had been given in, in the land itself, Abraham had been give, given the promise. Now we understand that Abraham was the poorest man in all the country because he lived out in the desert and lived in peace with God. And the Lord rich lived in the city and become of the governor of the city. He sat in the gate, he was a judge and judged the city and had all the riches and things. But Abraham was in the desert. Perhaps the poorest man in the land and yet claim to possess all. Amen. That's what I like. The poverty of, of Abraham is not the really poverty. It was a poverty that he can drive his car, a poverty that he can have a, a, a heads of cattle, a poverty that he can have his silver and gold. It was not that, it was not that, to, uh, that total poverty that it was flat, flat. But he was not like, Lord, Lord was a little bit ahead because he was the mayor of the city. Because, you know, God's children will never beg bread. Okay, let's go. All tonight, we may not be rich in this world goods, but we possess all things. The church itself possesses all things, yet poor, yet rich, and possess all things. I like that. The old song we used to sing years ago, my father is rich with houses and lands. He holds the wealth of the world in his hand, rubies and diamonds and silver and gold. His coffers are full. He has riches untold, and we are possessor of it because we are a child of the king. Amen. The child always falls A. We know. All right. Abraham could lay hold and eat, yet poor. His cattle was starving. Lord took the best ground. His water was short. Hot days and the headsmen had been troubled. And everything looked like going wrong for Abraham. Yet he owned the whole thing. Right. Brother, sister, you own the whole thing. Amen. Amen. Abraham could lay hold and eat, yet poor. Poor. His cattle was starving. Locked, took the best ground. His water was short. short hot days in the headsman had been in trouble. Everything looked like go. Wrong for Abraham. Yet he owned the whole thing. And today, the true believer is cast out from among the people called a fanatic 
holy roller, and some kind of an insulting name, some kind of a religious fanatic, and yet he's heir to the whole heavens and earth. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. Oh my. Talk about push you out in a cabin somewhere and hardly enough money to pay your rent, yet you own it or oh, amen. Have to work and toil and sweat for a few dollars to make an honest living, to put shoes on your children's feet and to feed their little hungry mouth, yet on air to everything that's here. The meek shall inherit the earth. They possess it, oh my. I like that. Possessor of the earth. What is it? The believer has a title abstract deed. That's right. By Jesus Christ, that he shall be the possessor of this entire universe. That's right. The meek shall inherit the earth. What a promise, my brother. Are there children of God in this camp? Are there children of Abraham in this camp? Here are your promises. Abraham possessed that land because what was it? God gave it to him. Lord was part of that land. So Abraham had a right. He could lay hold on it. He said, now God, you made me the promise. That was this land and all it was mine. And you made the promise. Now my kinsman has been taken and all his God is gone. In other words, if I would apply it today, I would say the church could say, Lord God, here is my brother. He is laying here, stricken with cancer. He is stricken with tuberculosis. He is God so and so. I lay hold of promise. It's my possession. You told me so. Amen. There you are. Then you can go after that enemy, that devil, and slaughter it just the same as Abraham slaughtered the kings and brought back his possession. Amen. I like that. Is to the believer. Amen. Amen. Believers, we've got these promises. These are our promises. If we just believe them, then they'll come to pass. You know, sometimes when sickness strikes your home, before you even go to the hospital, start by praying. Some situations are solved before you even go to the hospitals. Healing is the promise to the children of God. Because the Bible says, He is the Lord that heals all your diseases. Not some, but all your diseases. You might say, it has been long suffering with this cancer, with this asthma, BP, whatever, whatever. But let me tell you, God has never reversed this promise. The promise is still there. Your attitude towards the promise is what brings it to pass. You must have a positive attitude towards the promised word. Amen. Then it will come to pass. Hallelujah. How many cases in the days of the prophet when people were pronounced by the doctor that he would give you one day to die. But when they went to the prophet, the prophet would just make a simple prayer and say, you are healed in Jesus' name. Few minutes after that, that cancer will be already driven off by the power of God. Amen. So, we've got this promise, my brother. Don't forget your promises. Don't forget your God-given grounds. You must fight for your God-given grounds. Amen. I'm back with, to the prophet of the age again. You see, the prophet of the age, he was like any man, he was like us. But the moment he went, the moment he made that pillar of fire in form of a cross at the back of the barn, he was a changed person. And by that time, there were some critics that were criticizing him. That this gift, it was the devil, it was nightmares, whatever. They were saying a lot of things against the gift that he was having. 
Until one day, he said, I will go to Cabino. He went to Cabino Canyon. While he was there, the pillar of fire came down and tell him of his ministry, that I'm sent from the presence of the Almighty God. I'm sending to tell you about the gift that we have, that if you get the people to believe, nothing can stand before, even cancer cannot stand. Then from there, he said, as Moses was given two signs, I will also give you two signs. You will be healing people through the vibration of your hand. And then you will tell the people the secrets of their hearts. Amen. When he get out from there, he knew where he was standing. Brother, it's very important to know where you are standing. You know, you didn't come here by coincidence, brother. You're coming here to the cream of the message. The cream of the word is not by coincidence. You were ordained to be here. The footsteps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Never listen to the devil when he say, you just went there by mistake. It's a lie. Never listen to the lie of the devil. No matter how the the devil drives you in a corner, you must just stand there, flat-footed, believing that you are ordained by God to be here. Amen. And God is not a fool that he can allow you to be here to lose you. He's not an Indian giver that can give you the Holy Ghost today and tomorrow you are lost. If Ram say, if Brother Ram say, the one who was a preacher and he bought, actually backslide and bought a case of beer, but God says, my servant, He's going to bring this message to, to a bad reputation. What can I do to my servant? He just cut his life. But not to, to, to bring him to, to hell. He went to heaven straight. But his life was cut his, uh, short. Amen. Even so, the one who was cruel to David, my brother, he did all, all those cruel stuff until he even went to a sangoma. But the fact that he was anointed by the oil of God, God could not lose him. Because he was anointed by the oil. That's why when he went to the witch of Ender, uh, Samuel came. He was called by the witch of Ender. And he, was told, he told Samuel that tomorrow we'll be together in paradise. Right. You're going to die in the battle, but tomorrow we'll be in paradise. My brother, my sister, my God doesn't worry how many mistakes you make. What is very important is that are you a child of God? There's difference between being a child of God and not being a child of God. I mean, Brother Tebu, you are the son of Pastor Madib. If you, you mischief or do some naughty stuff, can Pastor Madib will say, I, Tebu, I, I disown you. You are no longer my child. There's nothing like that. This is the same to our God. He can't disown you because you make a mistake. A child of God is a child of God. You are a child of God because you are ordained to be a child of God. We are here by predestination. We believe this message by predestination. Only the predestined people who believe this message and are involved in the redemption plan. Amen. 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 So when the prophet went, went to the world now, he knew where he was standing. That's why even when the killer bull had come and God made sure to the, to the prophet that he would forget that gun by the side of the fence. And when he was approaching through the farm, here comes the killer bull. You know, he said, I didn't want to die like a coward. The first thing that struck the prophet there, it was love. He loved that killer bull. And that is the force that you can conquer the enemy with. You love your enemy. He told that guy and said, sorry, I'm here in your territory, but I'm going to pray for another seed of Abraham. I ask you to to lay it down in the name of Jesus. It was just coming, charging towards him. But at at the command of the prophet, that killer bull bowed down. He was a champion, my friends. 
When the maniac of Oregon came, tried to, uh, to fight him, my brother, my sister, the prophet, loved that man of Oregon. And he says, because you are challenging the spirit of God, that maniac of Oregon, with short, within short minutes, he was uh, co- commanded to be down. Amen. And he lay down before the prophet. The spirit of Christ is the spirit of a champion. It's not a cheap spirit, amen. It's a spirit that commands demons to bow down, amen. We're not here to bow down to sickness. We're not here to bow down to demons. We're not here to bow down to the enemy. We are here to command the, uh, the evil spirit to go away from us, amen. We are here to say, get away, Satan, amen. The prophet was given power to bind up the mamba in the highway, hallelujah. We are the bride of Jesus. We've got the power to bind the mamba. Amen. That mamba that is troubling you, sister, brother, you are more than able to bind it. Hallelujah. It might, it might be invading your children. You've got that power to bind it. We are not here to play bandaging the mamba, but we bind the mamba. And the mamba is one of the dangerous animals. Well, dangerous snake is very poisonous. But we're given the power to bind the mamba. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, it sounds good to friends. To bind the mamba. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. How many are ready to bind the mamba? Amen. Then he says one day, he was in a vision or a dream. Then he says, I saw some people. They were hitting against their bars. These people were having a hard time hitting against the bars. And he said, I looked to myself, I was a small man. I wish if I could go and deliver those people. But he had a voice and said, you can deliver those people in my name. Then he, from there he says, house of hell, give way. Hallelujah. It's in South Syria's brother. House of hell must give way. Whatever influence from the bottomless pit, it must give way. Even witches must give way. I, 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 while I'm on witches, brother, sister, I remember this testimony. I, it sounds so good to me. There was a deacon in Zimbabwe. So this deacon uh, used to go to Mashawa in Mashingo, around Mashingo district there to, to attend the service. After that, then he, he would go back home. So that day, he said it was only a midweek service. Uh, they dismissed late. Then he reached home around 12 o'clock, mid, midnight. So what happened there is, Few minutes as he got into the house, he heard some footsteps by the door. Before in the service, there was a witch who was called Mama Mucha. And that witch, she pretended as if she wanted to give life to the Lord Jesus. But she wanted actually to take advantage of the believers and bewitch them. Hey, the devil is not cheap. He can come to church. Witches, they come to church. They come to church. Not to repent. Some they repent, some they don't repent. They just come to bewitch, but you, are not, you cannot bewitch them. You are untakatable. You can, hey, I don't know how to put it. <laughs> you cannot bewitch it. <laughs> cannot bewitch it. So, okay, the brother went back home now. A few steps on the door. Now he was, he was surprised. Who is that lady on the door? He said, hey, who is there by the door? She said, it's Jessica. Say, what do you want? Say, I was sent by Mama Mucha. We want to meet now. Said, oh, Mama Mucha? What is happening? Then he realized Mama Mucha is the, the witch that was right in the church a few hours ago. Now he says somebody, it's quarter of o'clock during this midnight. Then he says it, they were staying in a school, in the school compound. Then they were saying he called some other teachers, uh, some other securities, uh, uh, security there by the school. They say, come by my door. There's somebody here by my door. Then they say that security came. 
those securities came and they found this woman was grounded uh, right there by the door. Because, you know, when you are a child of God, the prophet says you've got a little light that walks with you. That is a pillar of fire that surrounds you. So that pillar of fire confused this witch. So as this witch was confused now. She, she was just exposing unnecessary information. So, okay, the, the securities came. After the securities came, they said, no, there's someone here. There's a woman who is naked here right by the door. This, okay, they say, okay, then call some other teachers and some other people. All the teachers that were around, they came and find this witch there by the door. Then they asked him, where do you come from? What is happening? Then she exposes that, no, I was sent by Mamucha to kill this man, but he, I don't know what happened when I got uh, right here the, at the front door. So they just discussed the situation with the other teachers. They dismissed those. Actually, before they even dismissed that witch, they said there was another witch that was there. Then this witch said, we even work with this one to eat flesh, this one. We even work with this one. So you can see how God can expose devils. And it's not like it's all about your power, but it's all about his grace upon his children. That is what's very important. You remember that one pastor that always gives? He said that a witch came and the brother was sleeping. But when a witch came, he found this, this, this brother was there. Actually, it was a theophany standing by the gate. Because actually, the, the theophany is just near you sometimes. That's why when you come to church, the kids say a positive charge. Then as the theophany was standing there by the door, by, by the gate, the witch, when it wants to enter in, it couldn't enter in because this theophany was fighting for this brother. Then he, that witch came in the morning and said, Hey, Baba, why you don't sleep, Mar? Why you don't sleep? Always you just awake. You're always awake. Why you don't sleep? This is the God that we serve. Every Christian has got a theophany. Every Christian has got an angel that keeps you. The angel of the Lord that came around them that fear him. Amen. 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 Uh, Brother Mungani was giving me a testimony about another sister that recently came to the Lord. What happened is that this sister had an angle. That's why that angle was very, uh, actually was very evil. It was busy in these things of goblins, bewitching people in the family. There was such a chaos in the family. So what happened there is that uh, he, he, he sent some spells to this sister in such a way that this sister was supposed to die right there on the spot. But by God's grace, uh, he, she didn't die. Then there were some days, as the days were progressing by, he tried again to send another spell for this sister to die. But he, by God's grace, she didn't die. Then it came to pass that there was another spell that was sent that left him down in, sub, in subconscious. So when the sister was in subconscious, they called a pastor uh, from Highfield to pray for this sister. When the, uh, the pastor came, he came and prayed for the sister. As soon as the sister come back to his normal senses, they say, right to the house of that angle, where he keeps his gobies and things for witchcraft, that whole house was consumed by the pillar of fire and everything was dissolved. Amen. So the pillar of fire, my brother, don't play with the pillar of fire. Every child of God walks with the pillar of fire. Brother, this God that you are serving is living. He's not dead. This is a true living God. He will never leave his. He said, I'll be with you even you to the end of the world. There was a sister that was in trouble because of the thieves that came and break the fence. They get in the house and steal some stuff. 
Then they went to another man of God and said, please, brother, pray for me. I'm tired of these robbers. They come, they break the fence, they steal my stuff. Can you pray with me? Say, sister, don't worry, it is over. I'll pray. Then from, from that time, they say the next two days after that, or a few days after that, those thieves, they came. As they were trying to cut the fence, there was a big spark of light. And that was that. From that time, they never came back again. The pillar of fire is with you, my sister. The pillar of fire is with you, my brother. Amen. Okay, let's go now to the spoken word. At thy word. At thy word. The prophet is saying here, that's what he's trying to find tonight. Somebody with childlike faith who will stand by and say, Jesus, I believe you can do it. If you can get somebody to do that, he will do it. But if you back off and say, I don't, I, I don't know, I'm just afraid, I know I believe, I don't, you, I don't, he can't use you. If anything, that's hopeless, as a spineless person who claims to be a Christian and afraid to stand on their convictions. God don't want cowards like that. He can't use them. Like old Badrin Robinson, I was reading his book. He was quite a man. He said, Lord, give me the backbone, the size of a solo, and give me plenty of knowledge in the gable end of my soul, and let me fight the devil as long as I got a tooth in my mouth. Then gum him till I die. That's the kind of faith and determination we need. Somebody who will do something at thy word, Lord. Yes, say at thy word. Say at thy word, Lord. Whatsoever things you ask in my name, that will I do. Then at thy word, Lord, here I come. Brother, this student cannot be ashamed. As long as you come into his word, wait, wait, wait. Just wait there at the door, punching that door. He said, if you knock, the door shall be opened. So don't be discouraged. As long as you believe, don't be discouraged. Yes. Tested faith produced goods. That was preached 58, 05, 18. It says, it says, I just love this part. It said that cowards die 10,000 deaths when a hero never dies, somebody who's got faith and believes. Yeah. So your, your faith is very important, brother. Your faith is very important, sister. As long as you believe, then things should be bound to happen. The Queen of Sheba that was preached in 1960, 12, Okay, this is a familiar story. We know of that uh, slave that was taken abroad and then he was acting different from other slaves. Then they made to wonder why this slave is like this. Then they realized that where he was coming from, he was the son of a king. Now, let's read here. The prophet said, why, how we ought to conduct ourselves as, as cowards. We are sons and daughters of God. We are aliens, we are pilgrims, and we are strangers here. But we walk back upon God's word. We are sons and daughters of a king. Don't lie, steal, drink, smoke, carry on like that. Women shouldn't 
cut out their hair and act like street women dressed in them kind of clothes. We are sons and daughters of God, kings, sons and kings, daughters. This is not our land. We will die in this land someday, but we are not. But we are on our road home. Let's conduct ourselves as sons and daughters of home. That's right. And the queen of the south shall rise in the day of judgment and condemn this generation. Sister, you are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. You are a stranger here. We are in a station, brother. We are in a transit. You are not a South African. I am not a Zimbabwean. You are not a Congolese. Brother, we are foreigners here. All of us, we are foreigners here. We are here to, to leave this world anytime, any second. Just like a person that is in transit. Let me tell you, my brother, my sister, the prophet says we were there before and we bypass our theophany. We come into this boat to be tested, my brother, my sister. So this world is not our world. There is a world that is our world. Amen. We are going to a land, brother, sister, where there is no sickness. We are going to a land, sister, where we will never die. We are going to a land, sister, where we will never cry. We are going to a place, sister, where we will never broke. We are going to a place, sister, where we will be worshiping every day in our lives. The prophet says, when you see me preaching, we singing a song, Amazing Grace, know that that old Branham has made it. Amen. Amen. Preachers will be off, will be joining the worshipers. Amen. We'll be singing songs of Zion continuously without getting tired. Now as you are sitting there on the chair, you are tired. But in that boat, my brother, my sister, you won't be tired. For ages and ages, we'll be worshiping God. Amen. 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 That's why, even the way you dress, dress as a stranger. You must not dress like other people because you are a different man. You are a different woman of God. Some people are still even struggling to dress yourself, but you want to call yourself a, a, a stranger. No, 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 no. It can't go that way. Some people are even ashamed to be identified as believers because they are scared of the people of the world. Ah, brother, sister. Are you a stranger in this world? We sing, I'm a pilgrim and a stranger, wandering through this world of sin, on my way to that fair city when the saints go marching in. Hallelujah. Will you be there when the saints go marching in? Yeah. When we'll be going there for three and a half years, we'll be fellowshipping. From there we go to the millennium, thousand years. It will be our honeymoon. You know how sweet honeymoon is? From the honeymoon we go there, to the judgment, to judge the people that sinned against the Lord. Then from there, we go to New Jerusalem. Amen. Isn't it wonderful, friends? Amen. Amen. I'm about to close now. Now, Daniel, the moment when he was in Babylon, a decree was passed that they were not supposed to worship any other god. But they were not supposed to worship the true living God. But I love this. Daniel, though those news were passed, but didn't pay attention to those news reports. In the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel says he was praying in the morning, afternoon, and evening with his window opened. He was not shaken 
but what, about what the enemy was doing because he knew whom he believed. God called men. The prophet says, you see, we want people that believe this God even up to defeat. What am I trying to say? Daniel believed God until he was even thrown into the den of lions. But right there in the dens of lions, this is where the testimonies comes, came. Amen. They, didn't never, they refused to bow down to the image. They were thrown into the fiery furnace. But while they were there in the fiery furnace, there a supernatural came down. Brother, sister, sometimes God will let you into trials until you come to a point where you, you almost give up. Until you come to a point where you say, I don't know whether it will work out. But right at the end of that, that, toward the end of that problem, this is where God will drop his supernatural. Then he, you'll be surprised. How did I come out? How did this happen? Our God is not dead, friends. Our God is living. As long as you take sides with, with God, you also take sides with you. I love it. Let me close like this. You see, there's a scripture that says, when the enemy come in like a flood, God always raises a standard against him. You remember at Pentecost or in Ephesians church age, it seems as if uh, things were defeated. The, the doctrine was being uh, doctored by the enemy. But what I love, they say while the enemy was busy coming with the Nicolaitans doctrine, and Brother says, Nicolaite means to conquer the lady. So while the enemy was busy with this antichrist spirit, God raised a standard and to bring a lion anointing. An apostle by the name of Paul stood there with a militant spirit and he was driving the church into their position. Stay on the line. Stay on the line. Then from there, we, say, we see there in uh, entire church age, he said there, was a, there were a lot of uh, metiers that were killed, about 68 million Christians that were killed there. But in that age, God raised the standard that there was a spirit of an ox anointing to combat the enemy that was uh, killing the believers. They, uh, actually, they, didn't, they, they, they prefer a better resurrection more than this body. If you love God, this body is nothing. It's just a pile of flesh, my brother. It's just a meat to the worms. But if you are a believer, what you value most is the destination of your soul. That is very important. A lot of people, they spend their time I am trying to spend a lot or do a lot about this body. Any second, any time, these 16 elements are going to drop down, my brother. But when these elements drop down, my brother, what is very important is that are you going to res be resurrected again? Amen. I don't say don't bath. I don't say don't spray perfume. No. All those things I say, they have to be done. But I'm saying your concentration must not be much of this body. It must be much on your soul. Amen. Amen. Then after that, uh, if we check on the seals, we saw that uh, the, the, uh, the Bible speaks about he had not uh, the oil and the wine. We, uh, the prophet in the book of Seals, he says, by that time, the enemy was busy stripping his subject from money. It's money, actually. Then uh, the prophet says, uh, God raised a spirit of a man with wisdom, uh, intellectual and everything. Then from after that, we saw that in the last days, 
in the days of William Marion Branham, he sent the spirit of a, an ego. And the spirit of an ego is high visionary. Amen. We know that an ego can fly as high as it, it can, more than all other birds. Sister and brother, you were born to fly high, more than all these challenges that you are facing. You are a high visionary. You see far ahead, more than the surrounding circumstances. You are like that satisfied guy that, that went on a competition, uh, the, the bicycle competition. He said the only thing that, that made him to, to win the prize was that he was focusing ahead. Look away to Jesus, my brother, my sister. Then you are duty bound to win. There is something about the eagle. An eagle, when it approaches its enemy, it doesn't fight on the ground. An eagle will take its enemy to the sky. If it is a snake, it will be taken to the sky away from its territorial grounds and being brought to its own territorial grounds. Your territorial ground is the word of God. You must bring him right to the word of God. Then you defeat the enemy. God bless you, saints. Exhausting to our feet. Oh, 
Mazin, it's such a lovely sermon. A round of applause. How many champions are in the building? How many champions are in the building? You can say, I am a champion. But it takes one to have a spirit of a champion for one to be a champion. Brother Branham says, you've got to get into the spirit of what you want to become. For you to be a champion, you've got to get into the spirit of a champion. Muhammad Ali was a champion, but he's in the grave. Uh, all great champions that we mentioned are in the grave. But there is another champion that went all the way to Golgotha. And he's not in the grave. He's out of the grave. Hallelujah. And he has made us more than conquerors. We appreciated the Lord. God bless you, Brother Mafagaz. Amen. Let's just bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, normally whenever one has to be a champion, there's got to be challenges that one has got to overcome. Brother Brenham says, there can never be victory unless there is a battle. And he says, character is not a gift, but character is victory. Dear God, this morning our brother has shown us what it takes to be a spiritual champion where as a believer you know where you are rooted. Where as a believer if needs be you are willing to lay down your lives in order to preserve your testimony. Lord Jesus the weight is more important than anything else. And the weight will defeat Satan anywhere, anytime, and under any condition. May you unleash that spirit of championship in us. Because that spirit would never want to be associated with failure. That spirit would never be associated with quitting. That spirit would never be associated with giving up. It is a resilient, determined, and focused spirit. And dear God, help us to be disciplined as the champions. And let us listen to our coach because it takes a great coach for one to become a great champion. And in this case, our coach is the Holy Ghost himself. He is the one that has profiled the enemy. He is the one that knows the vulnerabilities of the enemy. And he is the one that will help us to bring the enemy down. There shall be a rapture. And Lord, we are here this morning because we want to be included in that number. No matter what comes or goes, our focus is on that rapture express. We have our tokens ready, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, in order to be on that rapture express. You've used our brother, Philip Mafagaza. May you help him, dear God. As a minister, may you groom him, may you guide him, may you influence him, may you protect him, may you protect his family. May you give more and more revelation to him 
that, dear God, in this end time where it seems like everything is falling apart, let us have men that can step to the fore and preach an adulterated word of the living God without a fear, without a favor. We've heard of the testimonies that he has given of how God moved in the lives of so many believers and I've seen how you have moved in the lives of so many people in this assembly. How you have raised the bar and against all they are still standing and they can testify of your greatness, dear God. It only takes mercy, dear God. We appreciate you, Heavenly Father. As the believers will be going home, may you grant them the traveling mercy. And as the week will unfold, may you lead them into the new week. May you be there and clear their ways. Whatever they need to achieve, may it be achievable. Whatever, dear God, that they must overcome, may they overcome. But you, as the angel of the covenant, may you go before us, dear God. As one poet says, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds it tomorrow. Even us this morning, we've got such a blessed assurance that we don't know what the week holds, but we know indeed who holds the week. If there are sick people among us, may you bring a complete deliverance, dear God. We cannot have sick people in your presence. The devil and you cannot coexist. Demons and you cannot coexist. Sickness and you cannot coexist. Death and you cannot coexist. Dear God, if they need life, grant them life. If they need healing, grant them healing. If they need a sense of direction, give them a sense of direction. But dear God, I know that you are more than able to give us whatever we require. Because your prophet says you are a bigger God and we can ask you for bigger things. That's why we can make pronouncements of blessings upon your children's lives, upon their families, upon their businesses, upon their work, dear God. And as we are making pronouncements this morning, the devil cannot stop these blessings upon them. We are pronouncing blessing upon every believer this morning. And Satan, you are a liar. As we commit everything to you, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you richly. Just give us the song, Brother Timwen, Brother Malaka, they are in KZN. Amen. Let's see. And God bless you, brothers. Let's just give us a song, and then thereafter we are dismissed. Are you still having those midnight prayers? Are you still having them? Even if it's not midnight, but 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 9 o'clock, but have a prayer of some sort. How many have seen God moving in their lives after prayer? I, I can tell you, ever since I took the church on that trajectory of prayer, uh, I can see God is doing so many things. And God is bringing many things to the surface because nothing can be hidden before God. So keep a church is a prayer zone. Uh, here we can't give you business tips. We give you prayer tips. Uh, hallelujah. Because with prayer you can manage every situation. And when a church is prayerful, God becomes very close to the church. Hallelujah. So we appreciate the Lord. Just give us a song. You are dismissed. Have a blessed week. Amen.